to the Word made flesh, who lives and reigns with our Heavenly Father in the unity of the Holy Spirit, God from God, light from light, true God from true God, forever and ever. Amen. Lovely to be with you this morning for this first Sunday in Advent for our Advent service uh, and to see the church so beautifully decorated with all of this light, uh, which is so symbolic at this time of the year. Last month uh, in November, at the beginning of November, on the 3rd of November, in fact, I returned home after being away for a few days on a short trip. Now, I was only away for a small handful of days, but when I got back on the 3rd of November, it was as if everything had totally changed. I had come back to this whole new reality. And there were two things that caught my eye that Saturday afternoon, the 3rd of November, that convinced me that everything had changed. The first was the election posters had gone up everywhere. On every lamppost you could see, the election posters had gone up because the election had been called a few days beforehand. Has anyone in this room ever made up their mind about who to vote for based on an election poster, I wonder? And then I saw a second thing, as my blood pressure was rising. I saw a second thing that got me going that day, which was even worse than election posters on every lamppost. 3rd of November, bear in mind, the first Christmas tree of the season. The first Christmas tree of the season on the 3rd of November. So what is it about Christmas? It's the most wonderful time of the year, the song tells us. It's absolutely compulsory to love Christmas. The food, the time off work, the presents, the extended family, some things more than other we love about Christmas. And I hope you're looking forward to Christmas. I'm looking forward to it uh, this year. But let's not get ahead of ourselves. There are weeks to go. So if you haven't started your shopping or thought about your shopping, then you're in very good company. All will be fine. And besides, if we are so fixated on Christmas, then we lose sight of Advent, which begins today. And Advent is a really important season of preparation. It's a time of waiting. It's a time of looking forward to the great celebration that is to come. But that time of waiting can be really difficult for some people. For some people, whatever it is they may be going through in life, they just cannot see that celebration that is to come. This morning in our reading from Isaiah, the Lord is reminding us that he sees that pain, that he understands that pain, and we do not have to run away from it. At this time of year, I think there are lots of people in our communities, uh, in our neighborhoods, in our workplaces, and maybe even here this morning in our church, who experience increased anxiety at this time of the year, who worry about the debt that they are getting into, who are dealing with family tensions 
and maybe even family breakdown, who are struggling with loneliness, who are grieving the absence of a loved one, which can be incredibly painful at this time of the year. There are people, even here, who are caring for an ill or hospitalized loved one, who are going through illness themselves. It's the most wonderful time of the year, we are told, and yet pain, dementia, cancer, Alzheimer's, these things do not take two weeks Christmas holiday. So how do we cope? How do we cope if we are going through these things at this time of the year when all around us, everybody seems to be having a ginormous party? The suicide rate in December is higher than any other month of the year. If you feel, if you have ever felt, if you ever will feel any of these emotions, then the Lord has a message for you this morning. And that message is, I see you. I hear you. I understand you. I know what you're going through. And I am with you. And he's also saying, I believe, my desire is to give you that one thing that every human soul longs for, and that is hope. The people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. Those who dwelt in a land of deep darkness on them, light has shone, says Isaiah. Now let's listen to what the Lord is saying here through the prophet. The people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. Darkness is real. Darkness exists. It's not something in our mind. It's not a trick that our mind plays on us. It's not something that we imagine we're going through. Darkness exists, and God tells us darkness exists. We don't have to hide from it. It doesn't have to be a taboo. We don't have to fear it. Darkness exists. God says. Darkness is real. And he's not talking about the darkness that's out there when the evenings draw in at 4.30 p.m. He's talking about a different sort of darkness, something even worse. He's talking about a spiritual darkness, an emotional or mental darkness that blinds us that feels as if it's never ending. A darkness that is not imaginary. A darkness that is not just something in our heads. A darkness that is real. A darkness that is powerful. And a darkness that can be utterly overwhelming. So we don't have to hide from it. We don't have to pretend it isn't happening. Because it is. It exists. God understands it, he acknowledges it, and he knows what we are going through when we are in darkness. Now, every person in this room, myself included, will go through darkness from time to time, and some periods of darkness will last longer than others. 
Some of you may be here today, and you may feel that at this current moment, you are going through a time of darkness. But listen to what God says. The people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. And he repeats it, in case we didn't get it the first time around. Those who dwelt in a land of deep darkness, on them light has shone. And listen again. The people who walked, past tense, in darkness, who dwelt in a land of deep darkness, past tense, i.e. they no longer do. In other words, light has shone on them. They've moved beyond darkness. They've moved beyond the darkness of debt, of hopelessness, of family breakdown, of illness, of living a life with no meaning. There is hope, says the Lord. We don't have to live in a state of darkness forever. We can put it in the past. We can move beyond it. Living in the darkness need not be a life sentence. Now, the prophet Isaiah knew all about the darkness. He watched as the nation became a place of injustice, as God's law was ignored. This was a time when nobody cared for the poor and the needy. Nobody cared for the widows and the orphans. And to make matters even worse, the nation was faced with political and military threat from outside. It was a complete mess. There was little hope for the place, or so it seemed. But for Isaiah, this was a time, the time of deepest darkness, was the time to look forward, the time to look to the future. Because despite everything seemingly falling apart around him, Isaiah insisted that the future was worth living for. Isaiah foresaw the day when a Messiah would be born and return the nation to God, bringing to the nation great peace and prosperity. Isaiah saw that future hope on the horizon that would turn everything around. But Isaiah did not live long enough for that hope to dawn in his lifetime. It may have seemed to people in those days that God had completely abandoned them, all of this carnage and wreckage and despair seemingly with no end. They may have thought that God had abandoned them, but they remembered. They remembered that God had promised them that a descendant of David would sit on the throne forever. So yes, they waited and they waited and they waited, as we sometimes do in moments of darkness. But they kept the faith. They waited, but they kept the faith. And sometimes weeks of going through a bad phase, or months of going through a bad phase, or years of going through a really bad phase in our life can seem really, really dark. I absolutely get that. But the people in those days, they waited 600 years. 600 years hoping, believing, keeping the faith that God would indeed send his promised Messiah. 
an eternal king who would rule with justice and righteousness and bring about peace and prosperity. For six centuries, the faithful people of God waited for light to appear in their lives. And then, one evening, seemingly from nowhere, in a field near Bethlehem, a group of shepherds saw an angel. And that angel said to them, do not be afraid, for see, I am bringing you good news of great joy for all the people. To you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is the Messiah, the Lord. They waited and waited and waited, but God's promise came true. Like all of God's promises, always come true. Now, we are blessed sitting here this morning from our vantage point of being able to look back on all of these promises and seeing them fulfilled. We can look back on promises in our own lives and see them fulfilled, and that's really important uh, for when we go through bad times in life to cling on to the hopes and the promises of the past that were fulfilled. We are blessed to know that the Messiah the people had been waiting on for 600 years was indeed born, that God's promises are real, that the people who walked in darkness have indeed seen a great light, that those who dwelt in a land of deep darkness on them, a light has indeed shone, because God's promise is that the darkness will never triumph before the light of the world. And that light the light that conquers the darkness, the light that comforts us when we are in despair, the light that gives us that peace that passes all understanding, the light that gives us hope when all around us seems to be falling apart, that light of the world is Jesus Christ, the wonderful counselor who guides us, the mighty God who protects us, the everlasting Father who will never leave or forsake us, the Prince of Peace who sustains us. The promise was made. The promise was fulfilled. Everything changed because we have hope. St. John in his gospel puts it so much better than I could ever hope to do. And on this Advent Sunday, Traditionally, we sometimes listen to that opening to John's gospel to remind us of God's big plan, what he was doing through the birth of the Messiah, and why it's important for us today. I want us to listen to that opening to John's gospel this morning and to reflect on what God is saying to us through it about the light of the world. In the beginning was the word. And the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through him all things were made. Without him nothing was made that has been made. In him was life, and that life was the light of all mankind. The light shines in the darkness and the darkness has not overcome it. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. 
he came as a witness to testify concerning that light, so that through him all might believe. He himself was not the light, he came only as a witness to the light. The true light that gave light to everyone was coming into the world. He was in the world. And though the world was made through him, the world did not recognize him. He came to that which was his own, but his own did not receive him. Yet, to all who did receive him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. Children born not of natural descent, nor of human decision, or a husband's will, but born of God. The Word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only Son, who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. The birth of the Messiah changed everything. The light that God had promised to conquer the darkness had come into the world. That light burns as brightly today as it did in that field in those days. So this morning, hear God's reminder to us that he has sent us a Messiah. And that Messiah, Jesus Christ, will lead us out of any form of darkness we are in. Because God is prepared to do whatever is necessary to bring you and me out of the darkness, to give us hope in grief, to give us hope in addiction, to give us hope in despair and fear and anxiety and fear and loneliness and illness. How do we know? Because God made a promise. The promise is in the portion from Isaiah we read this morning, verse 7. The zeal of the Lord Almighty will do this. Zeal. It's not a word we use very much, but it's like a passion. It's what he exists for. It's what life is all about. He will do this. He will provide a light to take us out of the darkness. Not might do it. Not can do it if he wants to. Will do it will do this. That is a promise to every person in this room. And more than that, it is a promise that has already been fulfilled. How do we know? Because when he died on that cross, Jesus Christ took upon himself every form of darkness imaginable. Sin, anxiety, guilt, fear, loneliness, debt, brokenness, even death itself. At 3 p.m. that afternoon, the land turned dark. Darkness came over the whole land because he had taken all of that darkness into his very body. But that wasn't the end. Three days later, he rose again, 
at break of dawn, surrounded by the light. Darkness had been overcome. Now, that does not mean that we will not experience darkness. That does not mean that there won't be moments of darkness in our lives. There will. But what it does mean is that we have the assurance of hope to get beyond them. Like the people in Isaiah's day, it sometimes get, takes a long time to get there, but that's okay. The key thing is that, like Isaiah, we live in the promise of hope. We do not give up. If you have had a rough year, if you sense that even now you are in a place of darkness, that there's this oppression hanging over you, and there is no way out. Do not worry. Do not cover it up. Do not pretend it's not happening. God understands the darkness. He understands what it's like to live in darkness. It's real. He gets it. But he offers a way out of that darkness. This morning, Advent Sunday, is the start of a new church year. It's a time of fresh starts, of new beginnings. It's a time of hope that whatever we go through in this life, the light of Christ has conquered it all, and that one day there will be no more sorrow or tears or debt or anxiety or loneliness or brokenness or illness or death. That's what we light that candle for this morning. That's what that candle symbolizes in the darkest days of the year in December, that there is light even in the darkness. Maybe there is someone in your life. Maybe there is someone in your family. Maybe there is someone in your street. Maybe there is someone in your workplace. Maybe there is someone in your church who is going through a rough time and needs to experience the light of Christ in their lives as we look forward to Christmas. Sometimes we can be tempted to think that hope is beyond us. Well, the light from this candle that burns in this room today reminds us that the light always shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not and will not ever overcome it. So this Advent, we can reflect that light into the lives of people who may need it. Just ask yourselves, just consider for a moment, has the Lord been guiding you, prompting you, challenging you to spend time with some people who may need that light in their lives? Has he been challenging you to support someone on your mind, to listen to them, to be there for them simply, to provide practical help and support for them, or maybe to forgive someone in your life? And what about if it's us who is going through moments of darkness? 
perhaps after a difficult time lately. Perhaps you need to re-experience that light, peace, and joy that you know you once had, but that you feel has been robbed from you recently. You know it's been robbed from you recently, and you want it back. Well, today is a new start. Today is the start of a new year. Today we light that candle of hope. Today is a day of light in the world. We can experience that light because the light of the world has dawned. And the light of the world is Jesus Christ who lives today and forever. Emmanuel, God with us in the good times and in the bad times, forever, and no matter what comes our way in life. So this morning, I want you to hear, I want us to hear the promise of Jesus Christ to every person in this room. I am the light of the world, Jesus says. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness but will have the light of life. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for that promise, that promise that there is light in the darkness, and the darkness has not and will not ever overcome the light. Lord, we thank you that no matter what it is that we go through in life, that you have provided a way out because you have provided hope. And Lord, sometimes we dwell in these spaces and places of angst and worry and oppression, and sometimes it's for a short time and sometimes it's for a longer time than we would ever wish for. But Father, thank you that we can grasp on to the truth that there is hope because the light of the world has dawned. Help us never to lose sight of that hope. And Lord, on this Advent Sunday, thank you for that vision that you give us, that promise that you give us of a new heaven and a new earth, when the first heaven and the first earth will pass away. Thank you, Lord, for the promise and the vision of that you give us, that we will be your people, that you will be with us, that you are our God, that you will wipe every tear from our eyes, that there will be no more death or mourning or crying or pain, for the old order of things will pass away. Thank you that even today there is one seated on the throne who is saying, I am making everything new. Write this down, for these words are trustworthy and true. Thank you for the promise of Jesus, that it is done, that he is the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. Father, we pray that the light of Christ would break through into those spaces, into those lives where there is darkness at this time, and that you would use us to minister to other people, bringing light to their lives as we look forward to Christmas. 
So come, Lord Jesus. Come, Lord Jesus, and let there be joy and light and hope and peace in our lives this Christmas. In his powerful name, amen.